Ancient spirit doubles, sometimes called doppelgangers. Some seem good, some seem, some seem evil. Have you seen yours? All that, and also, robot priests are headed uh, right into the future, right into the very near future. We're going to talk about all that and so much more on today's Peck Report. Hey, everybody. Hope you are doing well today. Uh, hope you're having a good week. So this this question of ancient spirit doubles or ancient ancient body doubles, doppelgangers, uh, it, it spans a lot of different cultures. And it's, it's really weird. It's a strange concept. It doesn't seem like something that cultures uh, all around the world, completely independent from one another, would just think to make up, you know? Uh, it, I mean, Sure, you might be able to say that about certain gods or, or, or creators or, you know, whatever. But, but why, why a spirit double? And those stories uh, perpetrate on into today. There are people today who have claimed that they've seen their, uh, their double, their doppelganger. And, and usually it's not a good thing. Usually it's not a good sighting. Uh, usually this, this double seems uh, malevolent. But did you know that there's actually precedent for this in, in the Bible? that the the uh, ancient first century Jewish people actually had some understanding of a spirit double of of an even an angel seemingly seemingly good guys um, that that looked just like you what what is what is that all about and that's something that I've been wondering uh, for for quite a while so and I, I want to preface this by saying there are some factions of Christianity. There are there are some Christian speakers today who will tell you that that spirit double is actually you in heaven, and then you should try to communicate with it. Bad idea. Uh, now, you know, I've talked about the the strangeness of the language of the first part of Ephesians, where it talks about how uh, you know we've already been seated with Christ and and everything. So there might, and I've done videos on this too. Uh, fairly recently. I, I've written about it in my upcoming book, Afterlife, uh, as well. I've, I wrote about it in de detail, as well as this um, spirit double idea. Uh, now, while there is some biblical precedence for that idea that, you know, we, we, in, we in, in, you can't really base it in our knowledge of three dimensions of space and one of time. Uh, th this would be something outside of space and time as we know it, but but in in that sense, we have already been seated with Christ if if we're saved. Um, then that that's that already that's already happened. So in a, in a sense, in that sense, uh, you 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 are already seated with Christ. You are there. 
that's not the same exact thing as the spirit double thing we're going to be talking about today. And even if that is taken to its most most literal interpretation, that still doesn't doesn't give us reason to try to communicate with essentially us in the future or us seated with Christ. You should not do that because you won't know if you're actually talking to future you or if you're talking to a deceiving spirit. And, and think about it this way too. By the time that you're aware of being seated with Christ, after you pass from this life and on to the next, your life has already played out. It's already panned out. Uh, why would you're already seated with Christ? The choices that you made, accepting Christ and, and following following the Holy Spirit in the path that he that he guided you throughout your life, has led you to that place. Why would you want to then go and communicate with your past self on Earth and potentially change things? It's it's just not possible. It's not possible. We're never we're we're never given instructions on how to talk with our future glorified selves like that. Um, it, it's it's just it's not something you should do, and it's something that it would be very easy for a fallen angel or a demon to fool you into thinking that you're talking to something glorified, a glorified version of yourself uh, from you know the next life, sort of the future, uh, but. You're 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 really not. So if there's if there's anybody that's trying to tell you that that's okay, um, that that I think is dangerous theology. In a sense, you're praying to yourself. That self godhood, uh, you yourself are are becoming a mediator between you and God or you and Christ, and Christ is the only mediator. So I want to put that right right out at the beginning. Uh, that th what we're going to talk about, we're, we're not talking so much about the we're already in heaven idea today. We've talked about that before. We'll likely talk about it again. Uh, we're not going to get so much into that today. We're going to talk about this, the idea of a spirit double. This is a separate consciousness from yourself. This isn't you. Uh, this is this is a, a spirit that has your form for some reason or another. Um, but in the sense of what, uh, in, in the sense of, you know, you're already in heaven and everything. If if somebody's telling you that you should communicate with that glorified version of yourself, flat out wrong, bad theology, incredibly dangerous to do, don't do it. If that was something that Jesus wanted us to do, or or even if it was permissible, uh, we would be given clear instructions on how to do it. We would we would be given clear instructions on how to know if that is actually a, a holy being or a deceiving spirit, and it, it's just not addressed. You know, it, it's not something that we're supposed to be doing. So I just wanted to put that right out there. That is actually uh, one of many uh, New Age things that has crept into the church uh, because that type of thing is a New Age practice to try to communicate with your your more enlightened self. Uh, that, that's a New Age deal. It doesn't belong in Christianity. Uh, so have no part in that. But um, all that aside, we're, we're, we're not as much talking about that today as we are talking about the idea of ancient spirit doubles. Today they're called doppelgangers, but uh, th this is actually an ancient thing that's been known for quite some time. And it doesn't really get addressed in the church much, even though it is in the Bible. And we're going to talk about that. And I'm also going to show you a clip from an expert talking about that. So this idea 
um, th this this kind of bleeds into uh, other videos we've done about you know communicating with the dead and how that is uh, addressed in the Bible. You know, you're not supposed to do it for for a lot of the same reasons as what we talked about. You you, you don't know if it's a de deceiving spirit, even if it is a spirit of the dead. We're we're not we're told not to communicate with them for various reasons, uh, and we've we've covered that before, and we we cover that in the book Afterlife as well. Um, but that that idea that bleeds into ancient beliefs across cultures and religions of spirit doubles. So German folklore talks of the doppelganger, meaning double goer, and that that's where we get that term doppelganger. Uh, but building upon ancient and widespread belief that every man and animal has a spirit double, the folklore of the doppelganger says if a person is to meet his own double, it's a sign that his death is coming soon. Uh, the Quran also speaks of a spirit double called a karin, which means companion, mate, comrade, or intimate. A karin is, uh, is, is a spirit being that is believed to be born with every person, yet is born the opposite sex. So uh, in Islam, males have female karins and vice versa, uh, staying with them throughout their entire lives. Uh, on the last day in Islam, a, a, a karin can testify against a, pers a person causing them to be cast into hell. Uh, and you know we're only we're only getting into Quran stuff just for the historical context, obviously not for any kind of spiritual teaching on it. But if you're interested in uh, looking looking that up, it's Surah fifty twenty one through thirty two. It's also believed this entity can deceive and cause eternal doom to people, and that's from Surah four thirty eight and uh, forty three thirty six through thirty eight. So a lot a lot like the doppelganger, the the Karin is thought of as a demonic spirit, though Muhammad believed it was a personal spirit that could be converted to Islam. So obviously radically different view of uh, the spirit world, the hierarchy of spirits than Christianity and ancient Judaism has. Uh, but there, there even appears to be an ancient Hebrew belief that a spirit double, uh, though this was more akin to our modern understanding of a guardian angel, actually exists. Now, it's not exactly a guardian angel, but it's more comparable to that than something like a doppelganger. So Acts 12, 12 through 15 describes how when an angel let Peter out of prison, some people mistook it for the man's double. So it says, quote, when he realized this, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose other name was Mark, where many were gathered together and were praying. And when he knocked at the door of the gateway, a servant girl named Rhoda came to answer. Recognizing Peter's voice and her joy, she did not open the gate, but ran in and reported that Peter was standing at the gate. They said to her, you are out of your mind. But she kept insisting that it was so, and they kept saying, it is his angel. Uh, and, and, and a passage. So very strange. This passage... Uh, lends evidence that even the apostles had a belief in a type of angel that was identical in appearance to the person uh, he was assigned, though we're not told much else about it. Uh, now, on Acts 12 through 15, the Faith Life uh, Bible study, um, or, or, or study Bible, says this, quote, the Greek word used here is phantasma, the typical Greek word for ghost used elsewhere in the New Testament, Matthew 14:26 and Mark 6:49 and in other ancient Greek literature. Instead, the Greek word used is... Uh, oh, oh, excuse me. I, I, I don't know if I, I said... 
The Greek word used here is not phantasma, the typical Greek word for ghost. Instead, uh, the Greek word used is angelos, which is used to describe a heavenly being sent from Yahweh or a messenger. So the church reaction likely testifies to an ancient belief that one's angel was a kind of celestial entity that accompanied a person for his or her welfare. You can compare Matthew 18.10 and Hebrews 1.14. Now, the Holman New Testament commentary of Acts uh, reads, What a fascinating idea. Ancient Jews and many modern Christians believe that each person has a guardian angel, though that idea is hardly supported with great weight in the pages of the New Testament. Some years after the New Testament was written, this concept developed into the view that these guardian angels also bore the image of the persons they protected and often appeared immediately after that person's death. Although we certainly do not want to read post-biblical literature back into our interpretations of Acts, it is not difficult to see that notation among these early believers. Did they believe Peter had been delivered and now waited outside in the street? No. They could believe, however, that he had died and gone to heaven and his look-alike angel stood there, uh, end quote. So this is why it's important that it wasn't using the word phantasma for ghost. They weren't saying, well, that's Peter's ghost. You know, that, that's, that's his ghost. Uh, he, he died in prison and now his ghost doesn't know he's dead or his ghost is trying to come. So, so don't worry about it. They weren't saying that. They were saying angelos, that th this is his angel, uh, hearkening back to this ancient belief that people had some type of guardian angel that would take upon that person's appearance and would even would even sometimes appear after the person had died. So two different ideas between ghost and uh, this this duplicate or 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 the spirit double, this Angelos character. Now for Christian theologians, this idea is known as a divine double, though it's not widely known across mainstream Christianity today. Now, I recently um, interviewed theologian Dr. Michael Heiser. Most of you are probably familiar with him. He's the author of The Unseen Realm, the book Angels, and the new release, Demons, which we will be having him back on this channel to interview him about his book, Demons. Uh, but I, I recently interviewed him about this question of spirit doubles in the Bible. So in case you, you missed, uh, and it was actually a much longer interview that you can go back in the archives and, and view, especially if you're a member. I'm not sure if it's on YouTube. YouTube might have scrubbed it because they do that. If you're a member at dailyrenegade.com, you can go in the archives and find it there, find the whole interview. Uh, but in case, in case you missed it, I want to show you that clip having to do with uh, doppelganger. So watch this. So here's a weird uh, passage that I've always wondered about, and uh, I want to get your take on it. I, I remember uh, the last time that you were you were out to my area, we, we went out to dinner, and you recommended a couple of really good books on this topic. I texted them to my wife, and then we got new phones, and the text got lost. So I'll have to ask you for those references <laughs> again. But uh, in the book of Acts, I believe it is Acts uh, 12, let's see, starting in... This is after this is after the jailbreak. He's he you know he yeah. uh, he got let loose. We'll start in um you know thirteen uh, verse thirteen. When he knocked at the door of the gateway, the servant girl named Rhoda came to answer, recognizing Peter's voice and her joy. She did not open the gate, but ran in and reported Peter was standing at the gate. They said to her, "You're out of your mind." This is from the ESV. But she kept insisting that it was so, and they kept saying, "It is his angel." But yeah. he continued knocking, and then they opened it and saw it was him. What does that mean? Was there some belief that that 
what is it is his angel what, what i think that's something that's totally lost on us <laughs> it, it it could go two directions you know there there are two discernible um sets of thoughts about you know this kind of thing in second temple judaism and in the new testament era because the new testament's part of that same you know cultural you know worldview matrix and that is the the statement could mean that well what you're hearing is his departed self in other words his angel would be the idea that peter's dead and and now we're we're essentially getting a, a visitation by his ghost, as it were, or you know his whatever that spiritual counterpart was. There there was a belief that again you you know you had this sort of uh, situation where when someone died, it, it wasn't that they became an angel. It's just that they would appear to you as a phantom-like creature or entity. And so since angels were those kind of entities as well, the two ideas sort of got, you know, conflated together. So that could be the meaning here, like, oh, he's dead, and that's what you think you're hearing here. Or there was this notion that every person had a sort of divine double. Mm. And and this is kind of where you, it's, it's also kind of a factor in this guardianship idea that you had sort of a spiritual twin and and your your twin would have been this this angel that represented you before God, you know, a counterpart is probably a better way to say it. So it, it, in that passage, it could go one way or the other. I think in the context, they're they're thinking he's dead. Um, you know, they they don't seem terribly motivated. <laughs> like like it's really him, you know. Jeez, uh, it's like even if he's dead, let the guy in. <laughs> you know, or, or like even to go see it, you know. It, yeah. It, it just again the feel I get from it is is one of sort of resignation, mm-hmm. you know when when you when you actually look at what's going on there. But you know, of course, it turns out to be actually Peter himself. But that wording again could go one of two directions. The the book you're thinking of is there's a book called Our Divine Double. Uh, I'll I'll send you the reference to it. Yeah. Um, that's again kind of a. It's an interesting read, but it, it's sort of an intellectual history on this idea. It's not necessarily a, a a Bible book or a theology book, but part of that material is in there. Um, but it's it's on the history of this idea. So it you know it, it's I think it's kind of fascinating. Yeah, how they would think about that, and I think it actually does relate to the kinds of things that I, I don't know if you've had, but I've had a couple people. Uh, give me these episodes, these stories. I, in fact, if I'll, I'll just share one real quickly. Sure. I, I was on Coast to Coast AM once. This is years ago, like in 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 my early appearances. Okay, this is like back in 2003 or something like that. And I got a, I got a phone call the day after I was on from a woman in Indianapolis. And she said, I had to call you uh, because I listened to coast to coast and, and your name was given there, Michael Heiser. And she said, that was my husband's name. He just died. Wow. Now they, it turned out they spelled the last name differently, but, and, and we, you know, we, we had a conversation and I, I said, you know, well, you know, we're going to be driving out. I was in Wisconsin at the time. We're going to be driving to PA. I'll stop at your house and, you know, and visit you. And, and, we, and we did. And it turns out that, you know, the Heisers on her side, 
you know, with back to the immigration, the Ellis Island, somebody made a clerical error and switched the E and the I. And so that's why you get the different spelling. Ah. But she told us the story. She said, after my husband died, I was in my living room and I, you know, I was just, you know, sort of sitting there, you know, thinking about what was going on. And all of a sudden my husband was just there, but he didn't have feet. Huh. He was like disembodied, but yet visible. And she said he just floated over and kissed me on the cheek and was gone. Wow. That was it. She said, and she was a believer, you know, and I, I have to assume her husband was a believer too. And she just said, I think it was just, you know, kind of like a goodbye, you know, kind of thing or everything's okay. Or, you know, I love you and I'll see you again. Something like, but there were no words exchanged. That was it. And she said that a few nights later, I'm listening to the radio and heard his name, you know, referring to me on the show. So which which prompted the phone call. Yeah. <laughs> kind of obvious why, you know, it's just it, it was she was so shocked by have, hearing the same name on the radio. But that's not the only kind of episode like that that I've had people tell me. And it, it, to me, it sounds not not specifically like this in Acts 12, because it is really Peter. But it you have these kinds of stories in antiquity. And this is how they, they're parsing them, you know, in, in, in terms of being, you know, his angel, either his counterpart or deceased spirit or something like that. Yeah, that's so interesting. And I've, I've never heard that before. Now I've heard, and I do get messages from people uh, saying something similar, but usually it's like an evil type of spiritual twin, like a, like a doppelganger. Uh, is there anything in history about that too? The, the doppelganger is is part of that, uh, but it's not it's not exclusively that. Okay. You know, and, and in some cases, you know, it's going to be tied in with, you know, the the biblical at least in, in biblical thought, you know, in, in Second Temple Jewish thought, part of it is going to be either from biblical material like people being troubled by evil evil spirits. Um, there's going to be an association there. And I'm not saying that's a good exegetical association, but people would make that association. So if this was a person who was troubled or wicked or something like that, then maybe, maybe their angel would be a doppelganger, you know, just the evil association would, would come through that way. You also have something in second temple Judaism. And this is, this is a doctrine that really is spelled out in the dead sea scrolls called the two spirits idea. And that is that, the, there, there's a spirit among humanity, a spirit of man, and it, it's one. There's good and evil. There's two sides to it, and that's the way they sort of. The people at Qumran were very predestinarian. You know, you were, you either had the evil spirit or you had the good spirit. You know, in you, and so you, you could see how that idea would sort of glom on to, you know, this sort of, you know, divine double sort of thing, and, and be affected by it. So this divine double, is it, it would this be, uh, you know, in, in the ancient context, would this be like a separate conscious being or would this be like an extension of an individual? Does, does that make sense? I, 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 yeah, I, I think it's I think it's fair to say that. Again, if you if you had one of these encounters, we'll say you chances are people could could go down both roads again that, that, that you just mentioned. Because you could associate it as an evil spirit that was either with or represented, or even a good spirit that that you know assisted this person again, this 
this counterpart, you know, to the individual, or you could say that it was a separate and you know, and that would be a separate entity, or you could say sort of an extension that it, it, it was the returning spirit of a dead person. Again, what we would think of as a ghost, you're actually going to find people tracking along both ideas. Uh, so there's no, there's no like precise taxonomy here, you know, and even nomenclature with it. You're, you're going to, you're going to run into both sorts of situations, both, both sets of ideas. Man, that is so interesting. I'm going to have to pick up that book because that, that, that kind of stuff is really interesting to me. I mean, it's, it's amazing how one little odd, strange little verse, you know, it's his angel yeah. and it's, you know, it just seems like a throwaway verse, but it, it's amazing how much can come from that one little thing. Yeah. It just, it, 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 it opens up into a, a much wider discussion, much you know, much wider part of their world, you know, and their, their view of the afterlife, their view of their theological ideas. I mean, just, just that one little statement, you know, is, is a gateway to all these other subjects. All right. So that was Dr. Heiser. A big thank you to Dr. Heiser. If you want to follow him online, www.drmsh.com. Easy to remember, Dr. Michael S. Heiser, drmsh.com. Uh, so just to kind of recap what he said there, um, there, there's a, there's a quote that I want to, I want to take cause we're going to, we're going to talk about that. So he said, quote, it could go two directions. There are two discernible sets of thoughts about this kind of thing in second temple Judaism and in the new Testament era in the new Testament cultural worldview matrix. The statement could mean that what they were hearing is his departed self. In other words, his angel could convey the idea that Peter is dead and we're now essentially getting a visitation by his ghost. There was a belief that when someone died, it wasn't that they became an angel, it's that they could appear to you as a phantom-like creature or entity. Since angels were those kinds of entities as well, the two ideas became conflated together. It could also be something that's found in Second Temple Judaism. There is a doctrine that is spelled out in the Dead Sea Scrolls called the Two Spirits idea. It says there's a spirit among humanity, a spirit of man, and there's two sides to it, one good and one evil. To the ancient people of Qumran, a person either had the evil spirit or the good spirit. So you can see how that idea could glom on to the divine double belief, end quote. So he said that. Now, uh, the reason that I think the, the actual angel interpretation is more plausible than the idea of the ghost is, again, because of the Hebrew word used. It, it, was, uh, it was not phantasma like a, like a ghost. It was angelos. Uh, so that, that's why I, I lean more towards the divine double um, idea. Now, some of the earliest sources of the divine double belief that may have influenced early Christianity can be found from uh, Tatian the Assyrian, uh, who was a Christian author from the second century, uh, and he, he believed in a conjunction of each human soul with its divine spirit. And then there was also Valentinus, a second century theologian who believed a type of union exists between us and our angelic counterparts. Now, in his only surviving work, The Address to the Greeks, Tatian uh, discusses a version of this, this divine double belief. So this version sees a man becoming reborn as a type of twin in a sense of Jesus. So, so a man, a man is reborn as a type of Jesus. In a way, it's similar to the idea we currently have that when we die, we go to heaven and and you know we get a new body. We're sinless. We'll be similar to Jesus, yet we're not identical to him. It's sort of like that idea. Uh, 
but you know there, there's obvious differences. And Tatian also believed that there was a stark difference between soul and spirit. So he describes how Satan uh, led humans and certain angels astray. Um, now these deceived beings, human and angels, were banished by God, which resulted in each of them losing their their quote more powerful spirit. So he writes, quote, "There are two different kinds of spirits, one of which is called a soul, but the other is greater than the soul. It is the image and likeness of God. The first humans were endowed with both, so that they might be part of the material world and at the same time above it. This is how things are." End quote. Now, that sounds really familiar uh, to our previous example uh, that we, we've, we've talked about this in other um, uh, other videos about uh, how you could think of the body, soul, and spirit in, in simpler terms of like uh, a cube and that the, the mind would represent the soul, the mind would represent the spirit. Uh, it, it's kind of like the idea that you can't have a cube without a square, so you can't have uh, a body without a soul, or you can't have a soul without a spirit. But that gets into a lot of earlier stuff that we discussed uh, before. So we, we don't need to rehash all that, but for those who follow Peck Report closely, that'll probably sound familiar to you. Uh, and then also, if you get the book Afterlife when it comes out, you can use this as a reference video for that. But Tatian also believed that we humans now only have our soul as a spirit. Our actual spirit, the greater soul, has been lost to us, according to Tatian. So there's obviously some, some issues here. Uh, the other spirit is the image and likeness of God, such as is described in the creation account of the book of Genesis. Without the spirit, humans have no real attachment to the divine, at least not as much as we had prior to the fall. And without intervention, Tatian believed the soul will dissolve with the body at death. So there's there's clearly the, some things that go way outside of biblical context, but again, we're just looking at this from a historical uh, perception and not necessarily from, you, you know, to gain any kind of spiritual knowledge from. But it still is interesting how these ideas developed over time. Now, uh, Valen Val uh, Valentinus, 100 to 170 AD, he was a contemporary of, uh, of Titian, and according to Irenaeus of Lyons, in Against Heresies, Valentinus believed and taught that the cosmos is organized into an emanating series of male and female pairs. Uh, so so he, he did, you know, Valentinus did have some heretical views. Uh, so as Irenaeus points out that uh, he also believed, in fact, this whole view of physical and spiritual world, uh, it was his whole view of uh, physical and spiritual was really Gnostic. So Valentinus had a lot of Gnostic uh, views, even referring to 30 div uh, divinities or aeons in 15 pairs that made up the divine realm called the Pleroma, excuse me, or Fulness. So later, uh, Valentinian explanations of the sacraments, such as baptism, included a belief that they affected a union of each individual with his or her angelic counterpart. Uh, the Valentinian interpretation of divine doubles was uh, more closely related to Gnosticism rather than Christianity, which is important to note because there's stark contrast between the two. We've done several videos on Gnosticism as well and how it's not uh, at all congruent with Christianity. But it, it is strange that cultures and beliefs from ancient times all over the world had a belief in a type of spirit double. It, it's, it is as if at one time in history, long ago, maybe even before the fall, uh, possibly before the Tower of Babel incident, that there was this common knowledge 
of this divine double, but it's been lost throughout time and it's been skewed and, and changed. And, uh, you know, it seems the cultures who managed to hold on to some kind of belief in a divine double ended up twisting the entire thing around into a, into like a vague reflection of the truth. Uh, what is the core absolute truth? What is, what is the absolute truth with divine doubles? You know, we're only given a hint of it in the Bible, but it does seem that whatever that truth is, it has something to do with the spirit, soul, the death of the physical body, and the afterlife may have some connection with our glorified bodies as well. So there's not a whole ton of information out there about this concept that's not steeped in you know, mythology and folklore and, and stuff like that. But we can look at those things and try to pull out some kernel of truth from all of them. If, if all of this did come from one story, we could look at the commonalities, see if they, see if they have anything in common with, with God's holy word, uh, that, that we, we know that is reliable at least, and then go from there. But e even based on that, the best we can do is speculate. Now, there have been a lot of modern stories about people seeing their, their doppelgangers or their body doubles, and it's usually a bad experience. It, it, this, this, other, this other self uh, usually appears to people as, as something evil or demonic. And so it wouldn't be outside of the realm of possibilities if there is... A, a holy version of this. If, if there is an angelic or celestial divine uh, body double, if, if there is some system set in place where God has angels that look like the person that they're associated with for some reason, it wouldn't be outside of the realm of possibilities for the enemy to want to duplicate that or for the enemy to want to uh, steal that idea and twist it around. Uh, and, and, you know, this could, this could bleed out into other areas of life, such as cloning and things like that. You know, why is there this need to, to duplicate things? Why isn't the one unique thing enough? Uh, why is there a need to duplicate? So, so maybe, you know, Satan doesn't have an original idea of his own, anything that he says or does. It's, it's, uh, it's borrowing from God and twisting it into something it was never meant to be. That's all of Satan's lies. Um, so it, it's possible that, that there's an uh, an evil version of the spirit double idea. Uh, it, it wouldn't be, again, it wouldn't be outside of the realm of possibilities for the enemy to do that. But I want to know what you think. I want to know, have you ever seen your spirit double? And, and if so, what, what, what was that like? Uh, what was that experience like for you? What, was it something, was it something malevolent? Was it benevolent? Uh, what, what, you know, what happened and then what was kind of your interpretation of the experience? I'm, I'm, I'm really curious to know. Uh, so please leave that in the comment section below. If you're viewing this at dailyrenegade.com, you can leave a, you can leave a comment or you can even just send me a message. You can, you, there, there's several ways that you can, uh, you know, you can, uh, share your experience. So I would love to know. Uh, if you haven't had a chance to do so already, make sure you get a subscription to Daily Renegade. You'll get the rest of this video, and you'll get the full versions of all videos. So basically what you're seeing here on YouTube, because YouTube gets rid of everything, they censor us to death, uh, you're getting a very long preview of a full episode. So if you want the full episode and you want to learn about uh, uh, these these robot priests that are, that are marching forth into our time, uh, if, if you want to know about that and, and everything else... Um, uh, we, we have full versions of our shows at dailyrenegade.com. Get a membership. It's only $10 a month or $100 a year. Get the $100 a year because then you get two months for free. You know, if you do it by month, you're going to pay $120 every month for a, for a year. But if you get the 100 a year, you get 20 bucks off. 
You only got to do it once and you don't have to worry about it until uh, Trump is in the White House again and has been for a while. So that that's nice. Uh, so make sure you do that, dailyrenegade.com. Uh, and for... For members, hang on the line, and we're going to talk about some more stuff for everybody else. Thank you for watching. Uh, make sure to subscribe, click the bell for notifications, and until next time, take care. God bless.